that technology that that fed our products so far is now available to everyone's use uh, in 170 countries and territories. Um, so I'm really keen to see what the world, people in those 170 countries will create with it. Welcome to the Redefine Growth podcast, which is all about company growth, making more impact on people and planet. Uh, today is a super exciting episode because we're going to talk about Gemini uh, and why it's better than GPT and um, how it's positively impact people and planet and how businesses are using it at this point to their benefit. And Anouk, I'm super excited to have you here. Can you give us an introduction of yourself, please? Hey Bart, super excited to be here. Um, Anouk Muis, I work at Google uh, in our customer engineering, uh, leading one of our customer engineering teams. In practice, that means that I help our customers across industries um, to use artificial intelligence and, and our cloud technology to their benefit and helping them grow. Um, met you a number of months ago at the Sprints and Sneakers Festival. Um, well, you've seen there that in my free time, I uh, love to learn my day, but I love a party at night. <laughs> and uh, yeah, other than that, uh, based here in Amsterdam, just like yourself. And when I'm not at work, love to be out on the ocean kite surfing. Can you give us a glimpse into Google's vision on, on AI, AI and how it's going to uh, change what we're doing right now? Yeah, of course. So Google's mission is to organize the world's data and make it universally uh, accessible and useful for everyone. Now, we celebrated our 25th birthday as a company this year. Congrats. And if you think about uh, how much data there was and how much data we produced 25 years ago compared to now, that's a monumental difference. Um, on YouTube alone, we're producing 750,000 hours of, of content every day. That's wow. enough to, to watch every day for 30 years. Um, so you can imagine that that, that mission of, of organizing all that data has become a lot more complex as well over the years. And I think AI is going to play a pivotal role in um, achieving that mission in this new world. And what we're trying to do with AI is make it uh, as helpful and useful as possible for societies, for businesses, for people. And if we look at what that means, if you look at society, like one of the things that, that came out um, in the past weeks was GraphCast, which is a model that predicts weather patterns, for example. It's mm. been more accurate, uh, according to some scientists, than uh, any of the meteorological institutes. And what that means is that we can predict tornadoes, for example, mm. um, much more, like up to six days, seven days more in advance. And, and that means being able to evacuate um, predict, but also things like AlphaFold, which is uh, came out uh, from our DeepMind organization. It's effectively um, a model that allows us to predict how proteins fold. Now that has huge implications for um, the development of, of medication. It's used mm. by over a million biologists across the world. So, so there's these huge societal impacts I think that AI can have. If we look at businesses, um, what we'll talk about more today, Gemini and its multimodal capabilities are going to allow you to to really take in, um, for example, the TikTok content that that your users create, really understanding them, combining that that with other uh, input like text and, and user events and, and spend patterns, etc. 
So for businesses, I think it's going to be um, it's it's going to bring real opportunities um, to be more successful. And for people, just just you and me day to day, um, I, I think there's a lot of things. We were uh, a couple of colleagues of mine were in the U.S. last week uh, at a semiconductor conference, and we had our Prime Minister Mark Rutte uh, mm. take his first Waymo ride. So think of driverless cars, etc. They're really going to change the the landscape in the world uh, out there. But even more mundane things. I don't know if you've ever had a been on a holiday and had your luggage lost or, or a for delayed sure. flight. Yeah. It's frustrating, huh? And you sort of have to... Uh, happened to me recently. You have to write that email. You know the airline's going to say no a couple of times first. <laughs> um, and things like large language models and, and AI now help me on the go, like in my Uber back home from Schiphol, uh, allows me to write that whole letter for me. Um, if I take a holiday picture and, and want that cool Instagram shots, there's 50 other tourists in there. We have products like Magic Eraser that take them out. So I think that sort of shows you from little things in daily life and making that easier to solving big societal problems hmm. is, is where our vision is of, of how AI is going to change the world and be helpful to everyone everywhere. Wow, super interesting. And and. Can you explain a bit more how that uh, large language mo model of Google differentiates itself from uh, GPT-4 or maybe even 5 in the future? Absolutely. It's a great question. And I think um, what you will have seen in, in the launch post and in the blog post is Gemini is the first model that's built multimodal from the ground up. Hmm. Now, that probably doesn't mean a lot to uh, our listeners. So... To explain that a little bit further, I think um, you recently became a father for the second time, is that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, she's uh, seven weeks old, Charlie. So. Fantastic. So I want to take Charlie as an example. Um, as a newborn, the way Charlie is experiencing the world now, she's hearing things, she's seeing things, she's smelling things, tasting things. And that's all sort of this kaleidoscopic symphony of, of input that she's using to um, to understand the world and to make connections between those different things. And for a newborn, there is no such thing as I'm learning um, eye language or I'm learning sound language. Mm. And if you compare that to traditional classroom learning, um, you might be using vocabulary flashcards in, in French class in the first hour and then you go to maths class and, and you learn equations on a chalkboard and then next you might be in history. And there's this timeline on the wall of, of historic events, but it's very compartmentalized and we're learning these things on their own, boxed off. And it's really only our own intuition that maybe brings them together. If we think about that, it's almost like learning the words to a song that you've never had a melody to. And every model out there so far has, has learned in these compartmentalized um, modalities. So is that way all text-based? So uh, one modality, like text can be a modality, but it can also be video or audio. But every model out there up until now was trained on those specific boxes, the way we do classroom learning. So isolated. Isolated, exactly. Yeah. And then stitched together at the top. Mm. 
It allows sort of text-to-image, for example. You will have played around with examples of that already, um, but it didn't learn that way. Now, Gemini has learned like Charlie is learning right now at seven weeks old. And what it allows that to do is, is really create that understanding between those modalities and um, make sense of that and make connections and interactions between it. So if you think about what that means um, in the context of, of redefining growth um, and understanding, for example, your consumers or your users, whatever the business is that you're in, it means that I can now watch macro trends on um, in social listening on, on platforms like TikTok or Instagram, but combine that with um, events and, and spending patterns and combine that with text and have a much better understanding of what is actually happening in the, the consumer's mind or, or um, yeah, understand the intentions behind that. And so because of that reason and that differentiator, um, Gemini is really the most powerful model out there um, today. If you like this episode, please like and subscribe. There will be more interesting stuff coming. I think there are quite some people that are also a little bit scared about the power of uh, AI. And um, uh, I'm, I'm eager to know your opinion about it because I think uh, the, the power is even way bigger than we know right now. And I think Google has been working on it for so long and they might even have been scared to launch it a bit maybe because of the power. And, and how do you look at that? And, and should we be scared of it or... How do you, what's your opinion on it? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's one that has been in the public eye um, since the last year a lot. And, and I'm having conversations about it over coffee and, and in the pub now. Um, but I think it's important to realize that Google has been an AI first company for over eight years now. Um, in 2017, we uh, Google Research launched a paper, Attention is All You Need, a research paper. Hmm. And that introduced transformers. And transformers are really sort of the overarching umbrella technology that feeds every generative AI out there, whether it's ChatGPT, Midjourney, BART, um, as, as well as Gemini. And um, a year later, we had AlphaFold, the, the protein uh, folding I just told you about. And, and we saw how quick that uptake was and, and the huge um, use cases that it was leveraged on, like, like um, medicine development. We realized very quickly that that we wanted to do two things. We want to be bold and responsible. And that's really um, important. And by bold, we mean really that 10x thinking that, that Google is known for and um, yeah, having these societal breakthroughs. But it also has to be responsible. And uh, in 2018, we set out and published... Um, a number of AI policies that you can uh, read online that that uh, include things like we want AI to be um, socially beneficial. Uh, we want to avoid uh, and reduce unfair bias. Um, we want to make sure that that safety and security are at the forefront. And with every new um, engineering challenge, and Gemini was a monumental engineering challenge, um, super exciting on one hand, but it also introduces new challenges. So you can think about, um, when we talk about that multimodality, text in itself can be innocuous and an image in itself can be innocuous. But when you bring the two together, 
it can suddenly be harmful content, for example. Mm. And so we had to deal um, we had to deal with those questions um, in building Gemini and in building all our other AI solutions. Um, and what we do, we, we have really uh, strong techniques. We work with the uh, Allen Institute for AI, for example. Uh, we have benchmarking uh, testing where we take 100,000 um, toxicity prompts that yeah. are produced by external experts at that institute. Um, we start testing and, and then we use uh, classifiers and filters to um, make sure that the output follows the policies that we set out um, on that. And in addition to that, um, Google works with governments, experts in the field, other companies to make sure that we have regulation around AI to ensure that we uh, fix that mission where it's really um, beneficial and, and useful for everyone out there. Mm, interesting. And... Um do you think it's a role of the bigger companies uh, or the governments to make sure that we use it in a proper way? It's it's that responsibility. We truly believe that that regulation is a big part um, of the puzzle. And that's why we as a big company uh, take an active role, a proactive role in, in helping um, define that and, and uh, do that. That's also why you'll see that that... I think as an individual, not speaking for Google, when we saw GPT come out, I'm like, oh my God, yeah. it's going to be so exciting. We have this technology. Why aren't we going live? Um, but but at the same time, I'm seeing um, the, the, the scale it's rolling out at and the impact it has. Yeah. So actually very proud that, that we're taking that responsible approach and that we're thinking about safety and security and, and uh, benefit first uh, and make responsible decisions in in every launch and every development and, and every step of the process yeah you, you were talking about the societal uh, impact ai can make and uh, uh, yeah obviously the podcast is, is called redefine growth where um together with our clients we call them partners we try to make a positive impact so it's not only about profit but also making a, a positive impact on people and planet and um can you tell me a bit more about your vision and Google's vision on how AI can can contribute to a more sustainable future? Absolutely, and it's a very valid question. And I think there's three big points that that are important here. So first, AI is resource intensive, and um, that's a concern for many. So we're really proud at Google to um, be the greenest cloud on the planet. Hmm. Um, that means that we run 100% of our um, operations and data centers on renewable energy. And that's not just carbon credits, that that's actually uh, investment in the projects as well. So solar, um, wind energy, et cetera. Um, the second one is about, if we think about how we're deploying AI, it's the software and the hardware. With Gemini, um, we have uh, made new scientific breakthroughs on uh, parallel, uh, on, on model, parallelisms and and I don't want to go too academic here but it it basically means that we can um, run those vast amounts of data that you're getting that we're producing every day ourselves on on all platforms um, that we can analyze those and, and use those in learning more efficiently that's the software side um, but that also has a hardware side so um, at Google we launch we create our own TPUs 
And those are basically, think of them as the, the computing chips that are designed specifically for artificial intelligence. Mm. And so last week we launched Gemini. We also launched the TPU uh, V5P. I forgive all listeners that, that forget that name instantly. <laughs> um, but it means it's more, it, it's faster. Um, so it's going to allow you to do um, more groundbreaking projects. Um, it's more scalable, um, but it's also more efficient. And that means uh, less needy on the resources side. So, so that's um, how we run our operations, what we do in them. Um and then the third thing is the projects that we can achieve with AI. And the cool thing about building state-of-the-art technology is, is you let it out in the world and we see what our partners do with it. But some of the projects that I'd love to highlight is, is the Rainforest Connection, for example. Hmm. Um, they are an organization, an NGO that works against um, deforestation and, and conservation of the Amazon rainforest. And they've built these huge, like if, if you're in their offices, they've built these huge devices that look a bit like um, big artificial flowers and they put them on the tree canopies in the Amazon forest and they're basically, they listen to audio signals mm. and they can do that in a radius of seven kilometers, which is an enormous spread and that amount of audio data we were never able to analyze before AI what we can do now is two things. Like on one hand, they're actually able to identify species, etc., and and mm. get real research data on um, the populations that live, etc. But it can also very practically identify gunshots, which can be an uh, indication of poaching, mm. or um, chainsaws, which is an indication of, of deforestation and act upon that straight away, like very pointed in a way that we weren't able before. Um, I think another one closer to home is a company we partner with a lot called Something, uh, some as in S-U-M. Mm. And it was founded um, by, by three young guys that used to, I'm sure you've been here. Have you ever had this... Um, initiative where it's like oh plant a tree if you do so yeah, and so sure, and then yeah. it's like here it's bart here's yeah. your certificate they had as well and and lo and behold they sort of went down the the, the project behind it and and no tree was planted mm. and they decided they wanted to do something about it and what they set up is is um it's a similar intent like they want to rebuild the the planet and they're supporting a number of projects but they want to make sure that if a company works with them to set up a program like this, they also have to prove that that project is actually realized. Mm. And they're using artificial intelligence to um, make that con contract viable and like prove that. So they're building um, uh, kelp forests on the ocean floor, for example, that, that helps regrow coral, etc. And then using imaging and satellite imaging to see what is the actual impact so far? Mm. Um, same with, with cleaning up plastic from, from beaches um, around the coast. Like if we do that on the other side of the world, it's hard to track it. But they actually measure and test using AI, like how many kilos for a certain projects were uh, cleaned up. So I think those types of projects, we see um, AI making a real impact to, um, to the planet and to sustainability. So it's on one hand, making sure that we're not overusing, 
and on the other hand, uh, giving back to the planet with, with new possibilities. And mm. I think the last thing I want to share with you, redefining growth um, for you and for a lot of the listeners, bigger is better, right? Mm. Um, that is something that I really want to demystify in, in, in or debunk in the context of AI. Um, I see a lot of excitement on my LinkedIn feed and, and online when we go from GPT 3.5 to GPT 4 or GPT 4 Turbo. And there's so many models out there. And it, it's similar with, with Gemini comes in three sizes now. But I think what's really important to realize as we're learning about AI and adopting it, that in this world, bigger isn't necessarily better. Mm. And if you want to set up um, a chatbot for your customers to interact and buy and get personalized recommendations on the next products they will love, you're going to find that a small model is going to do perfectly well at that. Like it's going to absolutely outperform anything you've seen before. You don't need a model that can write a 300-page thesis on, on quantum physics to solve that problem. So that's another call to action I would give to, to the world out there is like, Educate yourself on, on what different models excel at and, and pick the right one um, to keep that aspect in mind. And, and are you saying that a smaller language might even outperform a bigger language then? Or, or how do you define small and big in this case? Yeah, I, th I think if we <clears throat> think about those modalities, like having this multi-model, um, like, Charlie-like thinking um, solution now is fantastic if I want to understand um, video content combined with text and, and etc. But a very practical example that I see a lot of my customers use today is in FAQs. Mm. Like FAQs are, are kind of horrible in the way we've used them in the past 10 years, if I speak from a consumer perspective. Um I want to speak to someone, I want an answer to my question, and I'm sent to this static page, and I have to scroll through. It used to be good for Google search uh, in the past. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So we used there, it for, and to present your unique uh, buying uh, uh, proposition, that's, et cetera, but uh, definitely not the most uh, It's the definitely not experience. the place to get your questions answered. And, no. and I think for those types of use cases, what you can do now, and that is, um, in a way, still text only, you need a very small model that, that's perfect at that. You're going to upload 60 documents that, that tell me everything about sprints and sneakers. And within a day, I'll have a chatbot where I as a consumer can come and with any question I have about sprints and sneakers and get an appropriate answer. Now, sure, you're free to use a, a huge model for that, but it's going to cost you more. Mm. It's not going to outperform the small model. You only need something very tiny because from an AI perspective, that is not a complex task. Yeah. Um, so I think educating yourself and that's going to save you um, a lot of time, a lot of money, and it's going to help uh, the planet. It's funny, I had to think about a friend of mine, he's a shrink, and he had this sign that he got from his sister and says, uh, specialism is knowing more about less. So I think that's kind of what he's saying. So if you're a customer support uh, employee and and you're trying to help someone with a specific question around some specific area you don't know need to know anything about uh, uh quantum physica and, and etc like you're saying because that's actually uses in that situation so it's interesting to understand. i like how you make it more practical so um and i think that's also something that uh, um, 
it's interesting to know more about is uh, there's so much talking about AI and the possibilities and, and the, the big possibilities. And uh, how do business leaders um, use the power of AI really practically in, in their marketing, in their data analytics? Uh, so how we can make it as practical as possible and, and start using it tomorrow? Yep, absolutely. I think I, I love that you start with and start using it tomorrow because um, what I'm seeing, I truly believe that AI can be um, can level the field for for businesses of all sizes. Um, you don't need, um, yeah, you, you can start competing uh, even as a smaller player if you start using this right. But what I also hear from a lot of the business leaders that I speak with is there's almost there's something uncomfortable of, about the shift to AI for, for many out there. And if there's one thing you remember from this podcast, I think as a business leader, you're not competing with AI. You're competing with marketers using AI. Mm. And so I would very much advise you to embrace this shift that is out there. And I think a very practical the, the other side of that is that there's so much that if you're going to sit and wait till you have that overall view i promise you that's going to lead to decision paralysis and you're not going to get anywhere so if we break it down in in four really concrete steps i would say step 1 start educating yourself today on gemini um go to webinars like play around with with um watch demos, play around with it, get hands-on experience. And then secondly, when it comes to not boiling that ocean, step two is, is to find a business use case that's important to you. So I'll give you an example. One of the retailers um, I've worked with, this was around last year, we all do um, customer lifetime value analysis. And we tend to do that up until the point that people buy something. Now, what they saw this season last year is we're all buying our Christmas gifts now. It's it's going fantastic. Revenue is through the roof. Then we gift them on Christmas Day. And guess what? My mother-in-law doesn't actually like what I got her. Returns. And there's a whole bunch of returns. And they leveraged AI to get um, between uh, code and text and, and events and, and um, pictures to, to identify much more closely. Hey, what if we take that into the equation of, of defining customer lifetime value. Now that sounds like something very small and the opportunities are so much bigger, but that's why I say step two for every business leader, pick a use case that's actually painful for you or where you really see an opportunity for growth and see how you can apply artificial intelligence on that use case. And then from there, step three, you're going to iterate on it. Once you've defined that, you're going to see new opportunities, but you're getting a feel for the real-life effect of using tools and models like Gemini in your business. And that's important because, yes, you have this enormously powerful tool at your disposal as of today, which is super exciting. You can develop and build with it, but all your competitors have that too. So don't stop thinking don't 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 see it as a magic bullet where you can stop thinking and sit back um it's still about thinking what are the usps of my offering what are the specific problems that i'm dealing with and how do i apply this technology on that problem so 
don't try and go everywhere. Pick that use case and and build. And then lastly, I would say train your teams on um, on on things like Gemini and, and AI broader. Um, and that is your data science teams, but also your marketeers. Because mm. um, you want th- both the business side and the technical side to simultaneously grab that understanding and, and spar and iterate on what can this mean for our business. Um, and, and activating, training your teams doesn't mean have an extra tab open while you're doing your job that you were doing yesterday and occasionally ask a question to a, a GPT or a BART. It means train them, the technical side, to really implement this into your processes and, and um, your operations and have the marketing team and, and the business teams really understand the implications of what this can mean and let them be creative with it. And I think the last thing I'll add is embrace it. Don't be afraid of, of this AI shift because the other side of the reality is you have been using artificial intelligence and, and large language models since 2015 in our ads products, in our bidding solutions, in our you've been working with this in, in the YouTube algorithms. Um, it's just that today we're offering the technology that, that powered all those things like Broadmatch to your own organization. And you can now start thinking, what's my USB? How can I leverage this power to, to accelerate? I love it. If I look at sprints and sneakers, I think we have uh, quite a learning culture. And uh, you said Google has been an uh, AI-first company for quite a while. I don't think we're that long, but uh, we've been looking at for, looking at it for quite a while and and also tried it included in our learning programs. And, uh, and now I'm talking about it. I think it should, it should even be included in your job description because uh, what's in there, then there's there always there also goes the focus, right? So and and what I was saying at the festival is. Um, uh, most of the people know the 10,000-hour rule uh, to become the best 1% in, in some field, um, but not that many people know the 100-hour rule. And, and if you spend 18 minutes a day and spending on in on AI, you'll be in the top 5%. Um, and I love how you say that it's it's not that you're competing with it, but you should use it in your advantage to, to stay ahead because uh, especially in our world, with as marketing as data analysis, uh, uh, yeah, we, can, we cannot ignore it. And... Um, just to play around, I, I love to play around with it and mess around with it. So it's uh, it's really nice to see. So tomorrow, um, people should start using it and uh, go for it, right? Yeah, and- absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And and I love your hundred hour rule. By the way, I hadn't heard that one before the festival when I when I saw you deliver that message. And and I've been uh, stealing it ever since. Um, so thanks for that. Um, yeah, c- completely agree. I, I think um, if we look at the patterns, and you know the research in this in, in the space of, of growth hacking, um, consumer expectations, uh, consumers become more demanding, um, consumer behavior becomes less predictable. And I think it's really about um, adapting and embracing the new uh, ways we, we can analyze data, but also create captivating, hyper personalized um, content, et cetera. It's, it's that AI that's going to um, fit and, and make you successful in this more demanding space. So yeah. get everyone trained up, get everyone educated. And uh, I'm, I'm super pumped to see what uh, yeah all your partners and, and all our customers will build with it.
Yeah, and I think it's just a great example how we can uh, provide more value to our clients because we're better at understanding them and personalize it and providing right value at the right time via the right channel. So uh, that's a really thing we should focus on. Do you have an example of a company that's really uh, leveraging the power of AI at this point? Because you had some amazing examples of, of the sustainability. Uh, and, and is there also an example of a company that you know uh, that is really really benefits the power of AI at this point? Yeah, um, and, and, and I think it's uh, one customer in mind. Uh, they're, they're a retailer um, in uh, clothing. And um, they've, they've been really early adopters on, on the AI journey. And where you see huge um, improvements already is, is first for the whole company to be able to analyze, like how is a campaign performing, for example. Like that used to be the data analyst that did that, but with um, text-to-code models, we can actually have people ask questions in, in natural language, like how many pens have I sold last quarter? Mm. Um, we don't need a full process for that anymore. So that's one. The other thing that I think will resonate to a lot of, of, of e-commerce businesses and retailers was the enormous budgets they had to spend on photo shoots. Mm. With every item that came in, a new, like, you get the studio, you get the models, you get um, being able to to generate that. Uh, now use image generation, etc. But now with Gemini, where we really have that multimodal understanding and that 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 um, being able to, and I think that really explains this example, the, how it connects the dots between those different texts and image and video, etc. Um, we're working on solutions where you can even customize products. So I was looking for a winter coat the other day and I got on this website and it was exactly the coat I wanted, but it was double-breasted and I wanted single a single row of buttons. And we're now working on use cases where I can just say as, as a customer and, and I'm cold, I need a coat, hey, I want this coat, but add a pocket here and I want it to be single-breasted. And you can just sort of define that on the fly, see how it looks on me. Um, mm. I think if we, if we, yeah, it, it's really about how creative we can get. But that was an example where I was like, wow, the, these guys and girls are at the forefront of, of thinking how we can creatively bring new experiences um, to our products. And um, I think that's also where really the key is, bringing that, that human creativity to what this technology uh, can bring. Amazing. Yeah, I think these stock photo platforms should be really worried. And uh, I sometimes do a keynote and, uh, and and I show them some pictures and ask them uh, which picture was cre uh, created with AI. And they were all created with AI. So it's um, it's amazing, the quality. And, and uh, if you learn a little bit about it, you can really generate a, an, an amazing output. And, 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 and I really, I'm really looking forward also to, to have almost every company create Netflix quality content um, because that, that is also the power that we're, we're looking at because it's it's so much easier to generate high quality content and looking um, yeah. looking ahead to the future. So can you give us a sneak peek on, on what you're seeing uh, from from the Google side and your personal view on, on the future of AI and where it's going through? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm looking forward to that too. Although I have to say when I'm um, at my sofa at night, now I can't pick what I want to watch uh, on Netflix. So when we all produce that kind of content, uh, it's going to be real uh, 
That's good I'm, for I'm YouTube. I'm going to be in real trouble. <laughs> I always said, like, I think YouTube is one of the biggest competitors of Netflix and, and all these HBO, other platforms, because they they spending so much money on, on creating the creating the content while youtube has so many creators and you were talking about the number of content that's been produced which is insane so um, i'm really looking forward to using youtube youtube you is my favorite go-to channel you and me both Bart. um yeah and I, I think that's exactly you asked for a sneak peek so i think um to your point we we have the world creating um f at youtube um, we launched Gemini last week in our Google products. Um, today it is being um, launched for our enterprise customers and in, in public preview um, in the Google Cloud platform, meaning that that technology that that fed our products so far is now available to everyone's use uh, in 170 countries and territories. Um, so I'm really keen to see what the world people in those 170 countries will create with it um i think things that to look out for that are coming up next uh we're launching gemini um nano soon which is going to be really uh useful for people developing on mobile um, mm. it's really focused on mobile it's um being launched in the pixel uh, 8 pro um, so that's where you'll see a lot of development. And um, yeah, we're, we're going to add more multimodality use cases, multi more modalities and uh, more languages, etc. as we go along. So stay tuned. I think I also saw a feature somewhere in the, in the Google phone where you can easily adjust images and stuff, right? So if you, if you weren't smiling at a picture, you could just say, oh, it's me not looking so happy. Ching, and I'll just change the image to me looking very happy. So that's that's yeah. really crazy. As of today, you don't have a bad side anymore. But every, <laughs> every side's your good side. So we don't need all the cameras anymore. That's amazing. We're really looking forward to that. Make me 10 years younger as well. Exactly. Um, yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, this was amazing. Thank you so much. It's super interesting. Um, all the things you're doing at Google, Gemini. I love the sustainability part. The part where we've been talking about the power, how, the, how it's leveraged right now. And, and it's, what you also said is you don't need the, the bigger models necessarily. You can already start smaller and you don't, because I think one of the things I used to think is that you need a lot of data to work with AI, but I think it's, it's you can already start small in the business and you should start, start it because, uh, well, others are doing it and else you will fall behind. And um, I want to thank you so much. And um, thank you. We have a little present for you, uh, which thank I have right God. here. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure being here, uh, Bart. It's always uh, fun speaking with you. Oh, uh, This is actually only for people that are part of the Sprints and Sneakers family. Ooh. But, um, well, we made an exception for you. Um, you saw us walking around in this sweater during the festival. And, uh, well, now you have one too. And I hope to see you in it in the near future. And, uh, well, thanks again. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. Very proud to be made an exception for. I'll uh, wear this uh, with pride. If you're ever in trouble, um, we have the technology to uh, make it a different logo when I'm wearing it. <laughs> That's okay. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching this episode of Redefining Growth. We've been talking about business growth, sustainability, and making a positive impact on society. Please like and subscribe. There will be more exciting episodes coming. See you next time.